Well, today we're beginning a brand new series we call, we're calling Who Is This Man? And uh, this series, this entire series is going to be uh, in the study of the life of Jesus. And uh, we're, we're going till Easter and maybe after Easter, who knows? How many of you know there's a lot to say about Jesus, right? But as we begin, you know, the Lenten season right now, which is um, uh, preparation for Easter Sunday when we celebrate the resurrection, amen? Vic, the Super Bowl Sunday of Christianity. It's a good time to just take a fresh look at the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus. It's a good time to take a fresh look at the life of Jesus. And the idea for the series came out of a story in Luke chapter 8. If you have your Bible, you can turn there or your iPad or whatever. But you remember the story in Luke chapter 8 when, when Jesus was with his disciples and they were on the Sea of Galilee and they, they, they encountered a tremendous storm. And the disciples were, were terrified. They thought they were going to die that day. And, uh, and they were, they were beginning to feel like, uh, that Jesus didn't care. And so they, they began to get his attention. And Jesus stood up and demonstrated his ability that day. And, and you remember, he, he caused, uh, the storm to stop in his tracks. And they were totally amazed by it. You remember that, that story? In fact, it's a great story to read. In Luke 8, 22, on one day, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they got in a boat and they started out. As they sailed across, Jesus settled down for a nap. But soon a fierce storm came down on that lake. The boat was filling with water and they were in real danger. And the disciples went and woke him up shouting. Notice, shouting, Master, Master, we're going to drown. And when Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and the raging waves. The storm stopped and all was calm. Then he asked them, where is your faith? And the disciples were terrified and amazed. Who is this man? They asked each other. When he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. That's a great story, isn't it? The miraculous event that the disciples experienced that day left them wondering, who is this man? The disciples wondered, who in the world can speak to the winds and the waves and cause it to stop? You, you can uh, pick up on the astonishment they must have felt if you'd have been there, right? When he gives this command and he tells the wind, hey, stop. And he tells the waves, hey, hush. To witness the ability of a human being to be able to stop the winds and the waves caused the disciples to ask the question, who is this man? That's the question that we have been asking throughout history. And some people have differences of opinion of who is this man? Who is this man called Jesus? I think you would all agree with me today that Jesus was no ordinary man. Would you all agree with that? Jesus was the most extraordinary man who ever lived. And uh, 400 years before he was even born, the prophet Isaiah prophesied about this man we call Jesus, and he predicted that he was going to have an extraordinary life. And he said this in Isaiah 9 and 6, For a child will be born to us, a son will be given to us, and the government will rest on his shoulders and his name will be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. 
there will be no end to the influence of his government or of peace. And notice in verse 7, there will be no end to the increase of his government, which means that his ruling authority and influence will keep growing and going and going and growing and going until the entire world will be influenced by him. That's what he was saying. So Isaiah predicted that there will be no limits or no end to the influence of Jesus on the world. Listen, no one else, no king, no dictator, no scientist, no educator, no religious or military leader has had a greater impact on the world than Jesus Christ has had on the world. Nobody, nobody has had a greater influence than Jesus. No one comes close to equaling the influence that Jesus has had on humanity. To put his influence in perspective, think about this. He was unparalleled in his moral influence in our society. His life and his teachings for centuries has guiding, guided cultures morally. When we decide right now what's right or what's wrong, we base it mostly on the life of Jesus. Think of it. No other person has had greater impact on the moral culture of our society than Jesus himself. Jesus is unparalleled in his artistic influence in the world. He is the object of more books, more music, more literature than any other individual that has ever lived. Our, the artistic landscape of the world has been shaped by Jesus. Think about this. He is unparalleled in his humanitarian influence globally. More hospitals, orphanages, soup kitchens, rest homes, recovery centers, rescue missions, and various outreaches have been stored in his honor and dedicated to him and other and, 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 and more than any other religious leader. Think about just right here in our town. The different soup kitchens, the different recovery centers. Just think about everything that is helping humanity right here in our community. And it's based upon the influence of Jesus. He's unparalleled in his ability to inspire devotion and gather followers. No other leader in 2,000 years has been able to gather more followers than Jesus. Christ's followers outnumber any other religious leader by far. And this is just another testament of the extraordinary influence of Jesus. You know, I did a little, I did a little Google yesterday while I was studying. And I was thinking, now who's been, who does the world say has been the most influential leader? And I did a Google. And, and, the, and the, the site I opened up, they said some guy, and I can't even remember his name, they said he was the most influential leader because he inspired more people to get into Buddhism than, than any other person. And it was like, you know, it was a lot of people. So I thought, I can't believe. And so then I looked at the second most influential leader in the world, and they said it was Paul of Tarsus. I said, okay, all right. They're giving a little bit of credence to Christianity here. So who's the third? And the third one, they said, was Jesus Christ. So it's like, well, wait a minute. You don't know your Bible, do you? Who influenced Saul of Tarsus? So you put number two and number three together, it puts number one in the water. Amen. How many of you know Jesus was the most influential person in the world? He is unparalleled in his educational influence in the intellectual world. 
Although he personally never founded a college, seminary, or any other school, there are more schools and educational institutions established in his honor than any other leader before or after his time. And then finally, he is unparalleled in his influence on the freedom and justice of humanity. No one has more deeply promoted personal freedom and justice than Jesus Christ. He has done more for individual rights and personal freedoms than any other organization or leader there ever was. See, while we're living our life quietly, we have to stop to think about the power and the influence that Jesus has had on all of our lives. The reason we are gathered here today is because the power of the influence of Jesus Christ. Amen? And as you can see, the evidence is staggering. No matter what sphere of society you can think of, the influence and impact of Jesus Christ is beyond ordinary. It's extraordinary. And as Isaiah predicted, there will be no end to the increase of his rulership or his influence. It's not stopping now. It will continue to the end of time. Amen? So the question is, who is this man called Jesus? Well, the sacred scriptures give credibility to his extraordinary existence. The very first printed historical book in the world, in the civilized world, was the Gutenberg Bible that was printed in the 15th century. And in, in that book, it makes the following claims concerning the extraordinary existence of Jesus. And it says this, first, Scripture declares the pre-existence of Jesus. According to, to Scripture, Jesus was with God since before the beginning of time. When God created the heavens and the earth in the beginning, in Genesis chapter 1, Jesus was there. The Bible says in John 1 and 1, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. Now, if you follow that train of thought, Jesus was with God creating the world before he was born in a manger. You following that? You say, well, how can that be? You got to be extraordinary. Not just anybody can do that. The scripture tells us that Jesus was with God when he created mankind. In Genesis 1.26, it says, Then God said, Let us make man in our image. In our image. In our likeness. And let them rule over the fish of the sea and the birds of the air. Now notice, God said, Let us make man in our image. Those words are plural. Meaning, they're more than one. So God is saying to somebody, let us make man in our image. Who was with God when he made man in his image? It was Jesus. The Bible says in John 1, 2, he was with God in the beginning. Are y'all following that? Who else can lay claim to being with God when the world began and mankind was created? Who can make that claim? And the answer is nobody. Jesus is not ordinary. Jesus is extraordinary. Scripture declares that Jesus was born of a virgin, right? 
Luke 131, you will be with child and give birth to a son and you are to give him the name of Jesus. He will be great, will be called the son of the most high. The Lord God will give him the throne of his father, David, and he will reign over the house of Jacob forever. His kingdom will never end. How will this be? Mary asked the angel, since I am a virgin. And the angel answered, the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And the power of the Most High will overshadow you. So the Holy One to be born will be called the Son of God. See, Jesus was born of a virgin. That's not natural. That is supernatural. Amen? Jesus was no ordinary child. He was the only child to ever be conceived by the Holy Spirit. Scripture declares that Jesus was given divine ability. And the scripture says in Luke 8, 25, the disciples were terrified and amazed when they said, who is this man? And they asked each other, when he gives a command, even the wind and the waves obey him. Wouldn't you agree that having the ability to hush the wind and the waves is quite extraordinary? I mean, how many of you like to have that ability, huh? See, in Acts 10, 38, it says, And you know that God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and with power. Then Jesus went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed by the devil, for God was with him. Now, there's countless stories and countless uh, 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 documented facts of how Jesus did extraordinary things. But Je Jesus was given the ability to do things that only the Son of God could do. And so we know that Jesus is beyond a man and that He's God because no man could do what Jesus did. Amen? And that's the guy, that's the, the Savior that we're serving. That's the Creator that we're serving. Amen. You should feel a little encouraged right now that the God that you serve is the God that was there all alone and is still here. Amen. Now, Scripture declares that Jesus is deity. Deity means having God-like character or divine nature. And the Scripture says in Matthew 1.23, the virgin will be with child, will give birth to a son, and they will call him Emmanuel, which means God with us. Now, according to Scripture, Jesus was God clothed in the flesh. In Colossians 2.9, it says this, For in Christ there is all of God in a human body. All of God in a human body. Did you catch that? In Christ is all of God. Colossians 1.19 says, For God wanted all of Himself to be in His Son. Jesus was clothed with divine characteristics and abilities and attributes as God the Father. See, He wasn't a man. Jesus Christ was more than a religious leader. He was more than a prophet. He was more than a Jewish rabbi. According to the Scripture, Jesus was a lot more than a man. He was deity. He was God incarnate. He was God in the flesh. Y'all believe that this morning? Who is this man called Jesus? Jesus declared 
that he was given divine attributes. He, he claimed his deity. And he says this, Jesus claimed to be God in the flesh. In John 5, 16, the Jewish leaders began harassing Jesus for breaking the Sabbath rules. But Jesus replied, my father is always working and so am I. So the Jewish leaders tried all the harder to find a way to kill him. For he not only broke the Sabbath, he called God his father, thereby making himself equal with God. Now, we just read about the Bible says that Jesus was deity. Here, Jesus is saying, I am deity. Up until now, nobody ever claimed that God was their father. Not even Moses, Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. Jesus says, God is my father. And so what in relig religious leaders' minds, what Jesus was saying was that he was God's son. And Jesus said, listen, he said, I'm not a son of God. He said, I am the son of God. See, that's who Jesus proclaimed. The message Jesus was sending to the Jewish leaders that day could not have been clearer. Jesus considered himself to be more than man, but rather equal with the Father. And that's what the scripture says there in John 5 and verse 18. Jesus himself claimed to have power to raise the dead. Y'all believe that? In John 5, 21, for just as the Father raises the dead and gives them life, even so, the Son also gives life to whom He wishes. Now the Jews believe that only God could raise the dead. But in this passage, Jesus claims that, hey, I'm going to raise the dead. And remember when Mary and Martha, his brother died, his name was Lazarus, and Mary said to Jesus, Jesus, if you had been here, my brother would not have died. And so Jesus proved to them that day that he was more than mere man. And the scripture says in John eleven thirty three, 33, when Jesus saw her weeping and saw the other people wailing with her, a deep anger welled up within him and he was deeply troubled. Where have you put him? They asked him. They told him, Lord, come and see. Then Jesus wept. The people who were standing nearby said, see how much he loved him? But someone said, this man healed a blind man. Couldn't he have kept Lazarus from dying? Jesus was still angry as he arrived at the tomb. A cave with a stone rolled across his entrance. Roll the stone aside, Jesus told them. But Martha, the dead man's sister, protested, Lord, he has been dead for four days. The smell will be terrible. Jesus responded, didn't I tell you that you would see God's glory if you believe? Come on, how many of you want to see God's glory? You got to believe. So they rolled the stone aside. Then Jesus looked up to heaven and said, Father, thank you for hearing me. You always hear me, but I said it out loud for the sake of all these people standing here so that they will believe you sent me. Then Jesus shouted, Lazarus, come out. Verse 44, and the dead man came out. His hands and feet bound in grave clothes, his face wrapped in a headcloth. And Jesus told him, unwrap him and let him go. Like it was every day, you know, like, Unwrap that dead man that came back to life and let him go. Would you please? 
Jesus demonstrated his ability to raise the dead. Somebody said the reason why he said Lazarus, because if he had just said, come, come out, that everybody in the grave might have came out. So he specifically said, no, no, just Lazarus. Lazarus, come out. Amen. Who has the power to raise the dead? God alone has the power to raise the dead. Isn't that right? Jesus is no ordinary man. Who is this man? He's extraordinary. He's Jesus. Jesus claimed to be the future judge of all men. We know from the teachings of Scripture there will be an eternal and final judgment for all of mankind. A judgment that will determine people's destiny. And the Scripture says in John 5.22, For not even the Father judges anyone, but He has given all judgment to the Son. Jesus claimed what no other other person in their right mind would ever claim, that He would be the judge. Some of us think we are, but we're not. He is. That's a joke. Amen? Jesus claimed to be the sovereign judge who will sit and judge all of mankind. This is an impossible claim for anyone. Unless, of course, he really is God's son. Jesus is special, y'all. Jesus is special. Can you just say that name with me? Jesus. His name is special. Jesus claimed the authority to dispense eternal life. In John chapter 5 and verse 24, It says, most assuredly, I say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life and shall not come into judgment, but has passed from death to life. I assuredly say to you, he who hears my word and believes in him who sent me has everlasting life. Now listen. A universal desire of everybody is to have eternal life, right? How many of you want to spend eternity with Jesus in heaven? Have eternal life. A main attraction of most religions in the world is the promise of eternal life. If you do this and do that, you can have eternal life. They promise the ability to live forever and ever. But yet all of the religions of the world are really inadequate when addressing the assurance of eternal life. You, you know, you got to do, you got to reach a certain standard and I hope the standard is good enough. So they resort to a system of good works or self-effort, which only leaves them hoping to make it. But not so with Christians. Not so with Christianity. Jesus pointedly claims that He has given the authority to grant eternal life. Amen? You see, the sixth and final claim Jesus made concerning His divinity is this. Jesus claimed to be the source of life. Not just physical life, but eternal life. In John 5.26, the Father has life in Himself And He has granted that same life-giving power to His Son. And He has given Him authority to judge everyone because He is the Son of Man. Don't be so surprised. Indeed, the time is coming when all the dead in their graves will hear the voice of God's Son. And they will rise again. 
Those who have done good will rise to experience eternal life, and those who have continued in evil will rise to experience judgment. Now, I want you to notice, Jesus claimed to have the ability to grant life to those who were dead. And he says he had the ability to raise the dead and determine their eternal destination. Who else can do that? I want you to consider this. I mean, whenever you think about this, one day, every person that has been buried and in the grave throughout the world, not just right here in Lafayette or Acadiana, throughout the world, will hear the voice of God's Son, Jesus. And when they hear His voice, they will be resurrected back to life. Is that what you just read in that passage of Scripture? And then given their final judgment and eternal destination. I mean, that just, that just blows my mind. That the Son will say, okay, come out! And all of a sudden, graves will be popping everywhere. And, and dead bones are going to receive mortal, uh, immortal bodies, and all of a sudden they're going to come back to life. Okay, come on, right here, right here is judgment, and he's going to judge them. Ooh, that's exciting and scary all at the same time, amen? Come on, how many, how many of you know that? You're hoping that's a good day, amen? How many of you are hoping to hear, well done, thou good and faithful servant, enter into the joy of the Lord. Man, Jesus is the one that has been given that responsibility. Oh, man. What other man you know has been given that sort of power and authority? Jesus. Is he man? Or is he God? Well, we know he's 100% man. He had a human, he had a physical body. But we also know he's 100% God. Amen. And after looking at these claims of Jesus, we can conclude that Jesus himself never thought of himself as a mere human being, but he always thought of himself as the son of God that had been given the power and authority of his father. The most important question that we can answer is really not what others think about Jesus, because other people think that he's one of many gods. And it doesn't matter which one you serve. Well, God was pretty narrow-minded. And He said He had one Savior. He had one door to heaven. And it was His Son, Jesus Christ, that was born of a virgin, that lived a sinless life, died on Calvary, shed His blood for the forgiveness of mankind. And the God the Father said, Jesus is the one that can grant people the ability to experience eternal life and live forever with Jesus. Not many ways, but one way. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. That's, what, that's the gospel. That's the gospel. But really, the most important question is not what others think about Jesus. The most important question is, what do you think about Jesus? Right? What do you think? Man or God? Is he the Savior? In other words, is he, is he just mere prophet? Or is he the Son of God? Is Jesus God in the flesh? Or is he just a Jewish teacher? Who is Jesus to you? 
What we think or believe about Jesus is what is most important. It's what's most important. Because listen, what you think or believe about Jesus determines what you receive from Jesus. In Matthew chapter 9 and verse 27, Jesus had an encounter with two blind men. And I want you to see this short story. And Jesus went out from there. In Matthew 9, 27, two blind men were following, calling out, Have mercy on us, son of David. And when he had gone indoors, the blind men came to him, and he asked them, Do you believe that I am able to do this? In other words, he's asking them, What do you believe about me? Yes, Lord, they replied. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it will be done to you. And their sight was restored. And Jesus warned them sternly. See that no one knows about this, but they listened very intently. But they went out and spread the news about him all over the region. They didn't listen to him at all. They said, I got, I got to tell somebody, I got to tell somebody what Jesus did for me. I was blind, but now I see. Amen. Now, notice what Jesus said. The question to the blind men was, do you believe I can do this? And they said, yes, Lord, we believe that you can do this. Then he said to them, according to your faith, will it be done to you? According to your faith in what? Faith in the government? Faith in the neighbor? Faith in family members? According to your faith in what? According to your faith in Jesus, it will be done unto you. What you believe is what you receive. Do you believe that Jesus, the Son of God, can do anything? That He can do anything about the storm that you're in? Do you believe that He can say to the winds and the waves, Hush, be still. And all of a sudden, what's keeping you up at night can't keep you up at night anymore. Instead of keeping you up, it rocks you to sleep. Only Jesus can do that. Jesus can do that. Amen? But we got to believe. What is your need this morning? Do you believe that Jesus can help you with whatever you're facing? See, what you believe about Jesus, is He just this Savior that is somewhere out there in the galaxies and has no business and no activity in the lives of His people? If you believe that, then you're short-circuiting yourself. He is here today. He's living in hearts and lives of people. He's involved in our affairs, and He wants to help us. Amen. Come on, like, like I told you that story in that church uh, on Monday, He wants to turn the light on for you. Amen. Come on. He wants to remove the head off of you. He wants to take the darkness away from you. He wants to bless your life. If you believe you can receive what the Son of God can do. What do you believe about Him? If you believe He can heal, then you can receive a healing. If you don't believe He heals, then you don't, you just let your healing rest on the shelf. Amen? Come on, how many of you know we got to up our belief in Jesus? Amen? Now, what you personally think or believe about Jesus determines what you can do for Jesus. In John 14, 12, Jesus said, I tell you the truth. Anyone who has faith in me will do what I have been doing. He will do even greater things than these. What? 
Did I just read that? Did I mispronounce that? Because I am going to the Father. And I will do whatever you ask in my name. So that the Son may bring glory to the Father. You may ask me for anything in my name. And I will do it. Amen. Come on. I've heard stories of people raising people from the dead. Do y'all believe that? You know, not too long ago, probably 10 years ago, there was a video that started circulating. Reinhard Bunke, have you all heard of that guy? He's an evangelist that saw millions of people in, in South Africa get saved in one meeting. And he's doing crusades across America. He did one in Houston not long ago. But there was a pastor and pastor's wife. They got in an argument. The pastor stormed out of the house, got in his car, went off the cliff and died in a car accident. And his wife, they embalmed him. She put him in a casket. She drugged that casket to the Reinhardt Bunky meeting and pulled him under the platform where he was preaching and said, you got to pray for him. And he got prayed for and he got raised from the dead. Now, some of you say, oh, Todd, come on now. Your nose is going to get longer. You're telling a fib. No, do you believe that he is the son of God or not? Do you believe that He can grant people the ability to raise the dead? That He has no limitations? That what we saw Him do, He said you will do. And greater things than these will you do. Wow, that blows my mind. Do you believe that we can raise the dead? Well, I'll tell you, you've never seen it if you don't believe it. You know? I haven't seen anybody raised from the dead. I, they come close, I think. Somebody was almost dead and I prayed for them and they had a smile after that. I mean, but isn't that amazing? You know, I heard you heard me tell the story of when I was working in the oil field and uh, they they had a platform that was shut down waiting on me to get there to do my job. And they had a tropical storm in the Gulf and it was like, you know, going towards Texas or somewhere in that vicinity. And I was in Cameron and I was heading towards Texas. And so I got there and they said, well, we're not going to be able to send you out because they got a tropical storm in the Gulf. I said, wonderful. And after a couple of hours of sitting at the dock, I decided to go get a hamburger. Remember that story? And I got back to the dock and they said, okay, we ready to go. And I said, oh, help me, Jesus. And we got into that boat, and it was a little crew boat, and we went out into the Gulf. <laughs> and and I, started, I started with worshiping that little round thing in the middle of the bathroom, you know what I mean? I was holding on tight, and I mean, my hamburger was up and out. And I was like, oh, I thought I was going to die. Jesus, take me, heal me, deliver me something. Just get me out of this mess. And I remember this story about Jesus speaking to the winds and the waves. And I just said, I'm telling you, just with in desperation, Lord, I pray, calm the winds and the waves of this storm. Calm the winds and the waves of this storm. And I was praying, and in, in the back of my mind, I was thinking, oh, Todd, that's ridiculous. You can't calm the winds and the waves of the storm. On the other hand, Jesus, you said, well, I could do anything. Lord, calm the winds and the waves. And then just a little while later, I hear in, 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 the, in, the, uh, in the captain's, in, in the wheelhouse, the, the captain of the boat saying, yeah, yeah, it's gotten a lot calmer here. I'm, I'm able to turn up the knots. We should be there in, in a half hour to 45 minutes. And all of a sudden, I mean, I'm telling you, gang, it was rough. I don't know. Some of you have been there. But when you're in a small crew boat and you're in the Gulf, 
You, you look at the ceiling right here, and then you, you eat the carpet on the floor. You go from the ceiling to the floor. That's how you do it. And after that, it just calmed down. Now, I know some of you think, Todd, you have lost it. I believe that what Jesus said I could do, I could do. And I believe that what Jesus said you could do, you can do. The question is, is he just a man or is he the son of God? And does he have the ability to equip you and I to see the miraculous and to do the supernatural? Can he or not? Come on, are y'all with me out there? Come on, let's just stand right now. And, and come on, let's just stand and declare, Jesus, you are the Son of God. Do y'all believe that this morning? Come on, how many of you in your heart this morning? Come on, he's not a man. He's not just a religious leader. He's not just a prophet. He's not a, a Jewish rabbi. He's the Son of God. And he's been given all power and all authority. And he has the ability to do whatever he wants. Do y'all believe that this morning? Do y'all believe that this morning? Thank you, Father God. Come on, let's just ask Him right now. Come on, let's just open up our heart, open up our spirit, and let's just begin to just ask the Lord to empower us with fresh anointing. Come on, if He can raise Lazarus out of the grave, then bless God, He can take me out of discouragement. Come on, if He can, if he can pull a dead man that would be stinking out of the tomb, then I believe that He can give you a victory today because He's all-powerful. I believe that he wants to do a work right now. I believe that he wants to release his power and release his presence. Come on, some of you right now, you need to experience the Savior. You need to experience the Son of God. You need to experience the resurrecting power of the life of God. Come on, let's just ask him right now to release his power. I'm praying right now that you that are here, that you that are going through difficult times are going to experience the Son of God in a, tro in a profound way. Father, in the name of Jesus, I pray that God, you would release your power and release your glory in this house right now. I pray that miracles happen. I pray that breakthroughs happen. I pray right now, Father, that your Lord, you would break the powers of darkness off of the people of God. Thank you, Lord, that you're releasing life. You're releasing liberty. You're releasing joy. You're releasing peace. You're releasing breakthrough right now. Thank you, Father God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Come on, just take a moment and just, come on, just open up your heart and open up your spirit and just let the breath of God come in you. Let the power of God come upon you. Let the Spirit of God come upon you. Come on, someone, come on, some of you, come on, you've been suffering. Come on, you've been struggling in the Lord. You've been in a storm and the Lord is wanting to say, hush, be still to the winds and the waves of that which is causing you turmoil. Thank you, Father God, that you're ministering to your people this morning. Thank you, Lord, that you're blessing your people today. Thank you, Father, the comfort of the Lord is on the people of God today. Praise you, Father. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Father. Now listen to the last thing. What you believe about Jesus makes all the difference. And what you personally believe or think about Jesus determines your destiny. The Bible says in 1 John 1 and 12, But to all who received Him and accepted Him, 
He gave the right to become children of God. If you believe that Jesus is God, and that He's the Savior of mankind, and that He can forgive your sins, and He can grant you eternal life, you can receive that. It comes by believing. And if you're here today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want to make sure, I want to be certain that when I die, that I go to heaven. That if they lay my bones in a grave, I'm going to hear the voice of the, of the Son of God and I'm going to be raised from the dead. I'm going to have resurrection life. If that's you today and you say, Todd, would you pray for me? I want you to just raise your hand and I want to pray a special prayer for you because today is your day, amen? Just raise your hand and raise it high so I can see it because I want to pray. Listen, the Bible says, there you go, way back here, I see your hand. Anybody else, the Bible says, we're all born in sin. We all need to save. Raise your hands and just wave it at me. Come on, we're all believers in here. We're for you today. We're pulling for you. We want you to spend eternity with Jesus. Come on. Those of you that have your hands raised, slip out of the pew, would you? Just slip right out of the pew. Just move them out of your way and just come right up here. Come and meet me right here. Come on, brother. Come on down here. Come on. Today is your day. Today is your day of salvation. Thank you, Father. Come on. You came here today. You came here today for this. Amen. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Father. Come on, we waiting on you. Come on down. Come on, this is your day. This is your hour. This is your moment. Thank you. Come on, heaven. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is rejoicing. Heaven is giving glory and honor. One more influence of Jesus right here. Come on, and come just walk right up here. Come on, one more. Here's more influence of Jesus. He's more than a man. He's the Son of God. And he's snatching people out of darkness. And he's delivering them from the power of hell. Thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. Just pray this prayer with me. Say, Jesus, I know I'm a sinner, but I believe you died for me so my sins could be forgiven. Lord Jesus, I repent. I ask you to forgive me, and I ask you to cleanse me. Thank you, Jesus, for accepting me into your family. I need a Savior, and I'm putting my trust in you. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my life and granting me eternal life today in Jesus' name. Amen and amen. 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 Congratulations. Now listen, would you do me a favor and just stay here for just a moment? We have a Bible for you. We have some information to help you get started. Welcome to the family of God. Amen. Come on. Can I get some altar workers? Come up here and just help them. Amen. Now listen. Now listen, before we go, I just want to, one more thing before we go. I believe, do y'all believe that Jesus gives us resurrecting power? Do you believe that God's spirit is on you as a believer? Do you believe that? Do you believe that God, you're a temple of the Holy Spirit? And the Bible says the same spirit that raised Jesus from the grave lives in you. Amen. Come on. That's resurrecting power. Amen. Now listen, some of you are struggling. Some of you or going through a tough time and you need somebody to stand with you and pray with you. And I want to encourage you, don't just walk out of these doors in discouragement or defeated. Don't do that. 
come up here to this altar. We're going to pray with you, believe with you that God is going to give you a breakthrough because we believe that Jesus, who began been changing the world since time began, is changing the world today, and He wants to touch your life. Amen? So come on, put your faith and confidence in Him. Father, I pray the release of your power and your presence. May your favor and grace be upon the people of God today. I pray in the mighty and the strong name of Jesus. And everybody that agreed said amen. Amen. God bless you. You're dismissed. Have a wonderful day.